Good morning and welcome to your daily game face. I'm Dr. Kim Landon and I'm here with spectacular Lou Blasi That's this morning. Right. Don't and I'm you giggling because, <laughs> because I'm in the middle of like texting somebody and blowing my nose yep. and going up and down on the chair because I was too low last week. That mean you weren't too low. I was. It hit you that way, but you weren't too low. It was an odd angle. <laughs> <laughs> the psychology of me sitting at an angle. Now I got to go check. You're getting what? Now I got to go check, but I didn't think you were too low. Otherwise, I would have fixed it at the time. <laughs> okay, so really quickly. Yes. Um, today, we were supposed to have a guest, yes. Calvin Evans. And unfortunately, he had something that came up in some of his training that he does with some of the work he does. So he's unable to join us today. But we have rescheduled him to next Wednesday. And then if he doesn't show, then we're just never going to see him. <laughs> Well, that's the business. Um, Welcome to will, the business. That's the way it works. Exactly. So yeah. he will be joining us next week. So again, Calvin Evans with the Human Baton and myself um, next week at the same time, same bat channel. And um, but I just wanted people to know that if they are tuning in today to listen to Calvin Evans, not today. Next week. Next Wednesday. Yep. All right. So um, you weren't too low. So I was in your neck the of the show. woods this weekend. Where, oh, were you? I was, and we were going to call you. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't know if we bug you or not. <laughs> <laughs> so I was a little hesitant. So next time, though. But two things. So yes. I had all those things come back on me from last year when you were telling me about people walking along the beach yelling. Oh, yeah. for, you know. And I had that moment in my head. of. Were like, you on the island? I, I was on Plum Island. Oh, walking the beach? I, well, I did the trail. Mm-hmm. And then I did the beach. And then I got too cold with the wind. So I got back on the trail. Oh, were you on a refuge? It was what? You're on a refuge. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. But you, that's not where you live. I know no. you live down the... <laughs> yeah, I live in a shack road. on a refuge. Yes. <laughs> Hiding um, from the... <laughs> I know. Um, the... I was looking... Okay, so so one, I brought up, you know, the fact that I was giggling to myself yep. about that because it's quite prolific, the rules on the road, so to speak, there. Yep. Um, and then the other thing is i was looking for the snowy owl do you That's think right. i could ever find the snowy owl no no luck no but everybody else was finding the snowy owl so i was in a chase with this other person that i do photography with and he would find them and then i'd go to where he was and then he wouldn't have found them there but then he would found them, so, oh, and it was always one step ahead oh, so really? he had beautiful pictures all weekend of the snowy owl and I did not. <laughs> so yeah. it was very disturbing <laughs> because I just wanted the snowy owl because that's my mission right now. Is that so, and, and Plum Island has apparently quite a few. And I've seen many pictures, but it's eluding me. I've only seen one once. And that's because it was sitting on a telephone pole on Northern Boulevard. No. Well, I drove under it. <laughs> well, <laughs> apparently this weekend, instead of it being where I thought it would be, mm -hmm. it was in salisbury beach along the one of the little pathways well, you understand there's more than one right yes there's yeah. more than one yeah. okay but the one that was there yeah was there okay <laughs> <laughs> but i did pass other people that had seen other ones along plum island down in the refuge but it was very exciting it was a beautiful day mm -hmm. i did get pictures of eagles this weekend oh yeah and so They're I had all a, over very, the place. Yeah. a very nice time mm -hmm. with friend looking at eagles because she hadn't been to see them and i brought her and it was dusk and We've been seeing multiples at a time, and there was only one. So she had a very funny storyline that earlier in the day, there had been some pictures captured of the eagles that live there having sex. Oh, yeah. And so we figured this one got banned. <laughs> That's why he was the only one in the tree. <laughs> so, you know, you have to make entertainment out of something. Maybe it was the walk of shame. He was going it, back to well, his nest. Exactly. Yeah. The walk of shame yeah. for whatever reason. <laughs> the flight of shame. The, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, sh the shame... I'm going to go into it, but anyway. <laughs> um, but anyway, I just wanted to say that I loved it where you are up there. It's beautiful, and I will yes. be returning in pursuit of the snowy owl. And I walked eight miles looking for the snowy owl, and it didn't get me anything. But Eight miles? That's a uh -huh. good day. It was beautiful. No, well, it was a couple hours. Yeah. But it was beautiful. It was a beautiful walk, and it was very oh, it's snowy. Gorgeous, and my yeah. face got burnt because yeah. there was lots of snow reflecting back on me mm -hmm. so anyway so here we are today and i thought today that we would be talking about there's lots of topics to talk about as always but um one of the topics is personality and how it predicts um whether or not you'll socially isolate or not yeah and do you know anything about this i just instinctively i don't have any 
learned knowledge, but well, I would imagine that just you're... reading and knowing people. Okay, so so really quickly, let me give backstory. So there's three ty types of temperament, and the first type of um, temperament is is easygoing, mm -hmm. and then there's slow to warm up. Yep, and then there's difficult. <laughs> Those don't why, change. Why are you looking at me and laughing when you're saying that? Because <laughs> I have an image of people I know <laughs> yeah. that fit that per personality type. Um, and why were you thinking I was thinking you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't, but was, that's kind of funny. It was threat generating, yes. Clearly you have that conscience of like, I must be thinking that. That's funny. Yeah. Um, no, so those three types of temperaments, uh, easy, going, slow to warm up, and difficult, are things that we're born with. Right. And then they get shaped further, um, but we're born with that as a trait. So those are the types of temperament. But then there's personalities, and mm -hmm. personalities aren't typically, we wouldn't say traditionally, you're not born with a personality. You're born with a temperament, and then it's shaped, and then your personality comes out of that with either abundance of things or neglect of things, deficits, right. you know, environment, you know, nurtured in, nurtured out kind of things. Um, but <clears throat> so personalities could be like extroverted introverted, um, conscientious, not, that's not a, you know, personality type, but conscientious, agreeable. Those mm -hmm. are kind of the things that mark when we, um, those qualities when we mark what personality is. And none of that is innate. Um, not typically. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, there's certain things that, you know, you're, you would maybe lean more towards because you're easygoing or because you're slower to warm up or, right. Right, or difficult. Right. So, you might immediately think, well, a difficult person as a temperament might lend themselves to be um, more um, Anxious. narcissistic yeah, or I, more yeah. antisocial because people think antisocial means self-isolating. Right. That doesn't actually mean that, but that's just because of the way the word is. It makes it sound like that. Um, so being... So being an easygoing person is more like an extrovert. So if you're born with the temperament of being an extrovert, um, then you're more likely not to be so self-isolating. Now, why does this come up? Lots of people are talking about how... Can I ask you a follow-up question to that? Sure. These, Don't let me forget where I was. These personality types, are they genetic? Or is this you a mean roll like of the dice? extroversion and introversion? Yeah. So extroversion and introversion are more nurtured around the temperament. Yeah. I, which, I, well, I guess my question is the temperament, which is... So the temperament's going to be more genetically related, okay, right. and that's what you're born yep. with. Yep. And then as a trait. Mm -hmm. So, right? It's not a state. Right. So your personality is built over time, and that's not that's not necessarily a state. That becomes trait-based, but you're more developed over time with that, whereas the trait of being either easygoing, slow to warm up, or difficult, you're born with. And I'm guessing um, it's not genetic in the sense it's biological. It's genetic in the sense it's generational. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, right. Good distinction on that yeah. one, too. So, now where was I? <laughs> See? See, this is what you do to me. I'm sorry. You're I had a question. I needed smalls. to understand the basics here before we, oh, before we go well, on. Well, it's very good, but then it throws me off. I have no idea what I was yeah. talking about. But that's okay. I'll come back to it. Talking about temperament versus personality. I know. I know what I was talking yeah. about, but like where I was. Okay. This is this is what happens. Okay. Everybody listening, I'm going back to whatever I was talking about. Okay. Don't so let it throw so you. given those distinctions, which mm -hmm. are very important, the the social isolation piece that people are talking about in terms of being in the pandemic, say, now here we are a year. We're mm -hmm. marking essentially a year of being in lockdown right around this time, within the next couple of weeks. And there's lots of people who have not left their houses. They're still doing Instacart. Everything's delivered. You know, there's a very large amount of people that are doing that. And then there's people like you and me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Clearly, we're extroverts. Yeah. Because so the science would say that the more easygoing you are, the more extroverted you are, the more likely that you bypass the social norms of being socially isolative during a pandemic, for right. instance. Yeah. Right. Um, the more slow to warm up or the more difficult as a person doesn't mean you're difficult, by the way. It means just it's right. you, you struggle more socially. So mm -hmm. let me flesh that out. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means that you, you're more maybe introverted, maybe more standoffish, more insecure, more, you know, whatever. Those pieces, those two are more likely that you're going to be more compliant and agreeable and mm -hmm. stay locked down even when there is no official lockdown. Right. That you'll be more likely to do those things, one, because either you're afraid because you're more introverted in general or because the middle of the road, the easy, the slow to warm up is more likely to be agreeable. Although they might be... 
I love this old term, might be more neurotic. Yeah. (laughs) Right? That they would be more likely, even if they felt safe in general, they'd be more likely to comply even under the non-rules of rules that are implied to stay at home. So you've got why does self-isolation happen in general? Pretty much the same reason. But when you talk about the pandemic, the reason why lots of people that are out and about are out and about is because they're just more extroverted as personality traits. And then why are people staying in? Because they're much more introverted. They're much more afraid. They're much more to be the rule followers and compliant, even above and beyond because it fits their personality, not because they're just rule followers, but it's like it makes them feel less anxious in general because they're able to just feed feed our, the need that they already have of being like, oh, I don't actually have to go out. I have a reason. Yeah. So this is one of the really hard parts for people who have depression and anxiety is it has given people reason and justification and excuse to not leave. I was, yeah, that's a point I was going to make. I yeah. think a lot of people who are have been isolated throughout the pandemic right. have seized an opportunity. Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah. And it hasn't I, helped them. I think they kind of enjoy it. <laughs> no. I, or they don't necessarily enjoy it, but they... They're comfortable with it, and it's like, well, this is what I really want to do all the time anyway. Now I have right. an excuse. Well, so, so, so for that group of people, it's, it looks on surface to them like, oh, this is great for me. Yeah. Um, just like it's – so that group of people, a gr- groups of people that don't tend to go out and exercise and have not ever gotten out to exercise and get motivated – that group of people are more likely to stay home and do the same thing and, and be like, well, I can't because I can't go to a gym or, you know, not, you know, they can't go outside for gosh sakes. Yeah. But, um, and people who are, you know, more likely to be self-justifiers and excuse makers of, of um, uh, procrastination, this has been that, like the all those types of yeah. implicitly, you know. Um, more than willing to hand over control. Exactly. Yeah. Because it makes it easier for them in their minds, right? Mm-hmm. It's the illusion of control that, oh, it makes it easier for me to do this because they've I'm given me the reason. Yeah. I'm supposed to. Yeah. Um, and so I've been more and more interested in this because people have been talking about, like, oh, is it safe to come out? I mean, people that are in my practice, I mean, I've been seeing people face-to-face the whole time. Um, for the most part, I think there was a little small window of time where a lot of people went remote for, like, two or three weeks and then went right back into it just because they knew I was taking the safety precautions. But right. But by and large, I have lots of people talking about how many people that are in their lives that don't leave the house. Or they, if they've left, they just leave to take a quick drive to go get something in a drive through or, you know, like a medication or get yeah. a coffee. But very minimal. Um, and of the people that I actually know that I can speak of anecdotally, um, it's oh, it fits that, you know, more introverted difficult social personality, awkward, um, more neurotic, you know, and if people don't know what neurotic is, it's an old psychology term that we still fling around sometimes (laughs) that's really descriptive of someone who's, you know, more obsessive in their thinking about things, much more hypervigilant about uh, rules, but interesting, they would break some rules over others. And the reason why is because they'll break rules that don't really selectively apply to them. But if it's like, oh, convenient that it fits my what I need, it's like, oh, I don't have to go out and exercise today because I'm not supposed to. Uh, you know, then it fits, yeah. <laughs> it fits them. So th- It's those... highly structured thinking. It, what? Highly structured thinking. Exactly. Yeah. So, so the neurotic term fits into that for people because it makes, you know, it's, mm-hmm. oh, it's nerve-wracking. So people are afraid, oh, I will get something or there's, there's too many people out and about. And it's really, it's a narrative that people have created based on their personalities of being, we'll, we'll take easy off the table because easygoing are the people, you know, you have the extremists too. Like we're talking this morning on the Today Show before I came in, I was thinking, um, look at all the spring breakers last year that were out and about right before this really hit. Right. Yep. And now this year they're talking about, oh no, this is not going to happen like it happened last year. And you can see people already wrapping up. Yeah. That are, and those are the easygoing people. Like, I don't care. Yeah. I, it doesn't matter to me. So just to protect all the people on the on the continuum is that um, easygoing doesn't mean you don't care. It means that there's some people that don't, just like on any scale. But it's really about you're much more willing to take a risk. Yeah, your you're equation much, is different. Right, your, exactly. Your the risk or reward is, occasion, r- right. equation is different. Yeah. So, and so I think that when you are more tempered in the slowing to warm up social or you're more timid or more introverted, you're not really doing yourself a service right now as you're coming back into the year has gone by and you're coming back into the spring and we're having warming weather and people are starting to open up more. 
and I'm hearing this flutter in the past week, maybe week and a half going, Oh, I can't go, I can't go out yet. You know, we're not vaccinated. People, kids aren't back. Like I can hear the excuses starting going, wait a second. Is this really what it's about? Or is it about, because this has now become your norm and the, and we were told last night, by the way, by by the preeminent person, the preeminent voice in this whole thing that even after the vaccine, we can't do this. Well, they, he didn't say we can't. He says they don't know specifically yeah. how how. So to be fair to the science there is because I'm following that is that yep. we don't know. I mean, just like science has been over time for anything, we don't know how long and if you can or you can't. You know, you, it's kind of predicting and you have to see how it falls out. So, I think it's I think with anything, it's just important to have precautionary measures anyway, just because yeah. you don't know. And you know, a lot of people haven't been vaccinated. But the but, people who are looking for that message right. got that message last Exactly. Night. Well, yeah. yes, to that point. Yeah. So if you're looking for the, well, you don't know, and let's feed the scare tactic there for them, mm-hmm. absolutely, because, well, you don't really know. But my answer to that with people in the office that say that is, with the flu shot, you don't know. With, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, you can get vaccinated for lots of different things, and there's always things that slip by. So you can't live your life in fear all the time. And if you have, I mean, if certainly if you're an 80 year old person and you yeah. haven't gotten your vaccine, I don't think it's necessarily the best idea for you to go out and run amok and not, right. <laughs> I think we should put something on board and get the vaccine, but most people are doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you have, you know, diabetes and obesity, you probably need the vaccine because you're pretty high risk and people don't understand that. And let me just go on a run of that a little bit. Mm-hmm. People who have diabetes and obesity more likely are socially slow to warm up in terms of personality, you know, if you talk to people that like, right, that have really obese issues, they're not people that are out there extroverted exercising. They're not people out there watching all those things and being conscientious about that. That doesn't mean they're not doing it in other areas, but the things that count around those particular disorders, typically there's a personality trait that follows a thread there. So they're more difficult to get into a system of, you need to get vaccinated so that you can be functioning. But the problem is is that it's get them sedentary at home to not go do that because they're afraid so it's a very vicious right. cycle yeah so um so certain things for people to get out there is really tapping into their personalities like the message you said last night that's come out right and it's going to be talked about probably all day today and for the next week until they get more science and yep. whatever that is is it's going to go right towards the introverted people who are more afraid who are more shy who are more narratively self-conscious um, right. and are more compliant to all just uh, And now it's become very easy. Some things have become I, I super easy because uh, now you can get everything brought yeah. to you. Talk about the ultimate in life is to have everything served to you. On the plus side of that um, yes. mental mindset, yes. on the plus side of that mindset is that they're not chafing the same way some of us are. In other words, they find some comfort in that. So some of us are sitting here going, we want to get back to normal. We want to be able to go out. We want to, you know, you know, we're still aching for that. Right. People uh, of that mindset are okay for a little while. You know, they'll go on with this for a while because they find some comfort in it. Well, well, yeah, because it's it's giving them, it's filling the need that they had anyway. Yeah. And now there's a real reason for it. So. So they're not, they're no longer outcasts. They're following the science. Right. 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 So it's, it's. Outcast is a strong word. Yeah. Yeah. Air air quoting that it's like more like it's self-selected and it's convenient that it matches what they need. Right. So if, if all the restrictions were lifted and these are the personality types that would still stay home and have a reason behind it that would then turn into, and I've heard this already is. Well, I can't yet because they're not really sure of the science. I'm going to wait and see. Well, now that's not because of that, because I already know those people aren't like that generally, but it's now because that's become the narrative that fits the narrative they already had. Yeah. Now it's like, oh, I have a reason to not have to leave the house. I have a reason to not have to exercise. Um, my, my weight issue, my diabetes, my cardiovascular yeah. issue, all those things aren't my fault. Yep. So it's, it's disempowering but it's also self-selectively disempowering which is so difficult as a behavioral health person like yeah. i am to get pe- and a, and integrate medical you know um practitioner to get people to see you're self-selecting you're you're actively making a choice to 
do things that are hurting you because you're basing it on what you've created as a perspective in the per perception of yeah. your narrative that's not really what they are saying. It's confirmation bias, right? Oh, absolutely. Pick the information that fits the narrative that you want right. want to exist. And so so going back to many shows ago that I did, it's so neuroscience, right? If you look at neuroscience and if you, you know, you could do this 20-year-old, 40-year-old, 70-year-old, if you spend a year of your life doing something that reinforces a pattern. <laughs> yeah. Where am I going with this, Lou? Yeah. I mean, so it, neurologically, it's going to get you even more rooted in those train tracks of the negative choice, the negative pattern, the negative spin-off, which reinforces the introversion, which reinforces the, you know, the the social isolation, which you know, okay, so what comes out of that? Like eating more drinking more, drugging more. I just got an article in um, psychology, in my uh, APA psychology magazine. They did this huge study on how much drug and alcohol abuse really has come right. flying up. I mean, I talked about it being up 32% in general as the whole population. But when we look at people who have already been in addiction and then you have people that already are on that spectrum of being um, socially isolated as people because they're usually depression and dual diagnosis, I mean, it's just way above and beyond. I can't remember what the number was. I was just reading it last night. But, oh, my gosh, it's skyrocketing. And it fits into those temperament types. You know, if you are more likely to be socially introverted, you're more likely to be anxious, yeah. neurotic, depressed. This is, this was a perfect excuse, but it's also just well, the firewall. Awful. The firewall for a lot of these behaviors is social convention. You yes, have to, you have to fit in socially. So maybe you don't drink as much, or maybe you don't. You know, you're not as home as much. You need to go out with friends and and things like that. That's the firewall on a wide range of issues. Once you remove that firewall, it's very difficult for people to control it. Right. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So you, well, there's so many pieces to that, yeah. right? Because when you remember we talked about last, like I don't know, maybe mid-May or June last year, like how much money. I felt I was saving yeah. because of the pandemic. I'm like, oh, I'm not going yeah. out. I'm like all the money because I wasn't going out as much, doing as many things, traveling as much, right? Um, and I've seen it, you know, creeping back up because, yeah. you know, I've been moving around more and doing more things. So, um, yeah, plus income and economy has slowed down. So it's, you know, it's, you know, it's not the same as it was in March or April of last year. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so I think that if people, could have good awareness of their personality type or their temperament and realize that, you know, if you're an extrovert, right, extrovert doesn't mean that's a great thing either. Like, right, because right? you and myself, we we put ourselves out there. We do because we just go. It doesn't mean we don't follow rules because we do. But we also know, like, okay, we're going to take a risk. We're going to protect ourselves. Like, we just do it according to the science, What we as everybody's doing, but we just follow those rules in that way. So it's really looking at, awareness of self of are you hurting yourself or are you <laughs> right not and um you know so on either end you know you and i could run amok and wear no masks and be all over the place and that would be totally irresponsible and it probably would get a lot of people really pissed off at us yeah um or you know but the, to that point that's the reason i do it is not necessarily science and covid the, the reason i comply with a lot of these things although some of it is god knows you don't want to get... <laughs> sorry, I had to blow my nose. <laughs> my nose. I'm not sick. I have wicked allergies. Okay, sorry. It's like, you know, I don't want to get COVID, but I less want to get COVID because of what it would mean for me in my life and financially than the COVID itself. And I'll go out and wear a mask in public because life's just easier that way. Okay, so I'm giggling because I could just see myself on my 22nd lag blowing my nose. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay, so you, that's your reason. So for, so for my reason, as you know, I mean, I do it for science, and I also believe in it. But I also, I don't believe in it, by the way, when you're 25 feet apart outside and people are, yeah. that's a whole different thing. But that's their choice. Right. Um, because I know science. So if you're 25 feet away from me and you are worried that someone's not wearing a mask, that's a whole nother psychological issue that we don't want to talk about right now. But, right. Um, but I believe in it for the fact that now I'm very satisfied with the fact that this is the first year that I haven't really, other than allergies, I haven't gotten a cold. <laughs> I haven't had sore throats. I, I'm like, oh, I'm going to wear a mask a lot more because it's <laughs> benefiting me. So, oh, yeah. so in my mind, right, I have been able to self-justify yep. knowingly, actively, and aware that not only am I 
I'm doing it because of science in my head. I'm also doing it because it has personally benefited me. Um, as you know, I have flown over the year. Yep. And every time I fly any other time, I always have a sore throat for two days after, no matter what. I always have some weird raspy yeah. thing. Um, except I did have that when I was in Texas. But nonetheless, that was probably, <laughs> it was really windy and crazy. But um, I haven't had that this year. And I'm like, oh, I think I'd wear a mask all the time, even if they said, you don't have to wear the mask on the plane anymore. I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to do that. Because people, Sure. I don't think I told you about this as a side story. It was kind of funny in after the fact, but every single leg of the flight I was on a while back, that one that I was on, mm-hmm. I had four legs of that flight. Every single person that sat behind me, I swear to God, sneezed the whole freaking flight. <laughs> four legs? I was like, and every time they'd sneeze, Who books I'd your go, flights? I was like, cringe. Four legs. Cringe. You know, so. Yeah. Um, all right, a side story. So anyway, but I was like, of course this happens to me because I'm like, it, it, but... As you know, I'd been vaccinated, so I was like, okay, I'm, I'm okay, yep. I'm okay, I'm okay. I don't have any, I don't get sick all that often, and so I don't have any of those thoughts. I'm not prone to these things. I don't have as, asthmatic or allergy issues and things like that. But even in the past, before even COVID, it's like it's a little iffy getting on a plane. You, you worry sometimes, you know, because it's just a very contained environment. Right. Well, I'm, I'm much more um, pleased with the, I always choose flights on airplanes that I know have changed their their science and their filters mm-hmm. because of science in the past year, at least they'd say they have. I'm always very heartened by the fact that when I have sat down on, and I will give them kudos, Delta and JetBlue, the seats are usually wet, so I don't think it's because anyone's peeing on them before I get on no. them. It's because they're cleaning them, and yeah. therefore it makes me feel more comfortable. So there's things there that I'm like, okay, this is okay. Because before that, I wasn't really thinking. I, of course, when I would get on a plane and someone would sneeze over and over or cough, I'd be like, sure. yeah. But now I'm not thinking of that as much because I feel like the, the masking has helped. Now, how does that fit in? I think being extroverted in science would show this, and this is a recent study that was done in, around self-isolation and personality types, is the more extroverted you are, the more um, risk-taking, the more going with the flow, which is not the same as slow to warm up, going with the flow, kind of using logic, using rational, reasonable, realistic thinking, puts you in a position where you tend to make healthy, safer decisions, even if you're a risk-taker, by and large except at the, at the edges, right? There's always the outliers that are like over the top and don't care, whatever. I'm just That's talking kind about of what I said, reason. isn't it? I'm, I'm making the decision based on social convention. I'm making the decision I'm not being hurt by wearing the mask. It's, right. it's the path of least resistance. Right. Why not? So so, yeah. so that piece is, is, I think, important for when there's a lot of judgment out in the world about people who do those things and you see it because there's tons of people Probably. out and about doing and like I was saying earlier, people who are sort of in the middle and in the um, edges of the difficult personality type, which is more the compliant, self-introspective um, in- person, um, introverted person, they, the fear factor that's there and the non-knowing about what's really going on out in the environment, um, and I think I told you this a few weeks ago, I mean, I have people in my practice that were, they're telling their kids that, People are dying everywhere of COVID, and that's why they haven't left the house. Yeah, that if your child is an introverted child and you're telling them that, you've created a dynamic in their narrative for the rest of their lives that essentially could be very damning to them to not be able to function in a healthy way because right. they're always going to be so suspect of everything. Um, I mean, I've had clients whose parents have told them non-pandemic related, but you know. Um, going into, you know, um, the dark outside at night and leaving the house is bad. Um, someone could attack you. Uh, you know, yeah. all scare tactics keep kids in line. But unfortunately, now, you know, I have them as adults and these are their narratives. And we've had to do like exposure therapy and get them past the fact that not every every town and street and, and place you come in and out of at nighttime is going to get you attacked. And but that fear, after of one or two times of being told you could die or everyone around you is dying, is such a false narrative that yeah. it feeds off of those personality types that isolate. Um, and if you then if you add in someone that has two or three comorbidities to something like a pandemic, you know, 
ugh, yep. it just it just sinks them because they're already so self isolative, even in general terms. You know, maybe they were coming and going from work anyway, right. but they didn't do a lot of other things. I mean, it just it just locks them down even further. And if you don't have self awareness, going back to the point of like, what's the first tip and trick to really move forward for yourself is you have to have self awareness that you're really this personality type, and it's either helping you or hindering you, and. Helping you doesn't mean that you're happy because you're staying home. Just right. because you're happy and you don't have anything to do outside doesn't mean that's actually helping you, right. which is part of the narrative that I'm hearing from people. And they'll come out and see me in my office, and then I'm like, what are you doing for the rest of the day? Like, I'm going home. Like, did you leave the house in the whole week that you haven't seen me? No. <laughs> and it's uh, so, you know, trying to add back in and saying, you know, there's lots of activities to do outside. There's things to be, you know, I can't. I, I can't believe how much stuff really has been created around this for people to do. But again, personality has to be more extroverted and conscientious and wanting and willing. So you've got all these other little pieces that are qualities that go into the personality type of either being easy. That's a baby step issue too. Put a mask on and go shop at a store for five minutes. You know, walk in a store. Or for me, it was a, it was a little bit of a rebound getting back into the gym because I wasn't sure what the gym environment was going to be like. Well, we talked about that, yeah. right? Is that when I walk into the gym at first, I was like, I'd look and see, and if there were too many people, like I'm out. Yeah. No, I, but I, I think mean, I just left in, the gym at least ten times in the first month of October, going, yeah, there's too many people here. Yeah, but just <laughs> the idea of uh, working with a mask and just you didn't know what the atmosphere and the climate's going to be, and and you know the gym for me still is kind of threatening anyway, so you know it, it's. Why do I want to? Do I know this reason why it's threatening? No, it's, it's threatening is probably the wrong word. I don't. It, I, you run and you enjoy it, right? Oh yes. I don't enjoy it. I go do the work, but it's not something. And and by the way, I I'll uh, feel guilty and miss it when I'm not doing the work if I skip a day or something. I don't I like you that I need feeling. To have a session. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't like we doing need to the explore work. Explore this. You don't. You know. You don't have to run every time you go in the gym. I don't run every time. I do the elliptical. I do the Cybex machine. I never do the bike. Oh no, you know I, I hate the bike. I, I have different routines and you know, upper and lower and, and stuff like that. But it's just like none of it I enjoy. I don't. I don't look forward to doing it. It's, yep. You and I are due for a therapy session. Yeah. Really? Because I'm yeah. supposed to enjoy that. Well, you know, it's not supposed to. It's yeah. more about like. You can find enjoyment in it so that it doesn't sound so terrible <laughs> to have to do. I mean, at some point, there should be some like, oh, this is good. This feels good. Feels good? Yeah. <laughs> For anyone that's not watching yeah. Blue's face, yeah. oh, is spectacular on yeah. this conversation. <laughs> that's that's going to take a little mental manipulation. This is why I think we have to have a therapy session. Yeah. Um, so, Okay. <laughs> I have all these things running through my head about like, oh, Lou, we have to talk. But you don't, there are people who don't enjoy, who go to the gym who don't enjoy it. Oh, I know. I see them every day. Yeah. I can tell. Do you know how I can tell usually? Because they're reading while they're working out. Uh, if you can read while you're working out, you're not working out. No, you can, well, I'm not going to defend those people, but you, you can work out and not, you can do an effective workout without enjoying it. Well, yeah, you can. Yeah. I mean, I certainly run sometimes, and I hate it because it's not a day that feels good. Yeah. But by and large, yeah. if it's if I've had one or two of those days, I switch up the routine so that I'm not in my head going, "This is terrible," which would never, which would make me reinforce not going back or even running outside. Some days it's like I fly and I could keep going, and some days I feel like I have lead feet yeah. and I'm like, oh, "This is like death," you know. But at yeah. least at the end, I'm always like, "Okay, I did it." So how do we, um, what are kind of the first steps of becoming self-aware and deciding which personality you type, type you are and how it might be playing into your decisions? And so, so self-awareness comes with looking at your behavior, mm-hmm. looking how you think, looking at patterns. Now, you don't have to do all of them. You could pick one. Yeah. And when you start telling people that they have to look at how they think or what they're processes in their behavior or their choices or their patterns it's very hard for people it's actually hard you know it sounds like you just have to be self-aware well so you have to pick one of those things Mm -hmm. looking at you know it's like the three c's i talk about you know i talk about with my athletes i talk about with you before is capturing a thought capturing a, a moment capturing a thing that is in your life that's not doing you right um challenging it with something like is that really true is that really realistic is that really reasonable rational is it really working for me and then 
usually 90% or more of the time, the change comes by just capturing the negative or capturing the thing that is maladaptive or capturing the things that's not working and challenging it in some way, the change just will happen. It's kind of like if you change a thought, it will change the feeling and then the behavior will change. Yeah. So it's a re-rotate, but it's, it's the first step is just identifying what is something that's going on that's not working for me? Yeah. And then vet it a little bit. Why do I feel this way? Right. Why am I afraid? What's the worst thing that could happen? What am I afraid of happening? Right. Yeah. And, 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 and that's, even, that's even like a step or two beyond just the identifying because mm. yeah. this is so common. What happens is when people identify, okay, um, okay, I identified that I now will use the pandemic. I now get up instead of getting up every day at 630, like I did pre pandemic to go to work. I'm now getting up at nine and then I lay in bed for an hour. Yeah. And, you know, right. So yeah. identify that, you know, behavioral pattern. What can you do different? Because you know, that's made a change. You used to get up at 630. Now you're getting up at nine, 930. You're laying in bed for an hour. Now it's 1030, 11. And you're now starting your day eating at noon. Yeah. Which pushes your whole, right? So, yeah. so the, and this is a really common example, yes. right? Yeah. For most of the people I talk to about this, you know, not all my clients, but the, most of the people. And, and um, it's looking at that saying, identify what isn't working in that scenario. And I mean, everybody, once you point it out. Yeah, you get up at 11, you eat at 2, you have dinner at 10, you, you go to bed. It's like. And then you, right. And yeah. so it's, it's, it's this whole change. And mm -hmm. so identifying, like, how do you get back to something that would be more reasonable? And it doesn't mean normal. It means what's a little bit more reasonable for you. Yeah. You know, um, so, so many people are never going back to work in work again which you know that that's what a lot of people are not There's Buildings have closed. They're all working from home. This is going to be lifelong. Yeah. There has to be a, a moment where you capture what you used to do and say, I'm not going to be able to feel functional and I'm not feeling functional because usually right now people aren't feeling functional. If I don't back this up and I still need to start my day at six 30, I still need to start it at seven because why am I doing this to myself? Because look at all the changes happen because I've moved my day by seven hours forward to start my day at noon. And that's really common. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much you realize that, but the patterns I hear that people have changed is like, you know, or people not getting out of their pajamas. Mm -hmm. So identifying that what's one thing you could start with to change, to make yourself feel better, get out of your pajamas. I have clients that sit in their pajamas for two and three days at a time. And I'm like, yeah, you need to take a shower every day. You need to get up and make it, like you're going to work even if you go outside and sit on your back porch for 10 minutes you've got to get up and do um but people become complacent to it because it's become the norm yeah to be able to do that and then identifying it you know someone says i don't feel good i'm not doing well well you're sitting in your pajamas you're eating your first meal at noon you're sleeping 15 hours <laughs> Yeah. You know, I mean, so just identifying what's going on in a pattern. Sometimes patterns like that are easier to look at than like looking at how one thinks. Like you can get to that, you know, a little bit deeper because people don't like to have to go into their deep thought because that's actually therapy. Therapy is painful. Therapy actually has, you know, it hurts. You cry. You know, it's terrible. Why would we want to do that? And, you know, so. But, so. but people, people who have that attitude look at therapy as this um, talk and talk and talk and nothing ever really seems to happen. And that's not the way it works, no. especially in these types of situations where you're talking about where a small change, uh, awareness can lead to changes and changes can need to lead to improvement. Right. You see results. The results are much more tangible and much more uh, come much more quickly. It, well, and, and that's the thing is, so great point, too, is that, you know, People do think of therapy as the talky, talky, talky thing, and that's really not that's not what I do. Yeah. All of mine is about solution focus, find patterns. And find by the way, there's a place for that. Oh well, yeah. Well, you yeah. have to talk to get to yeah. some of that, but it's not all about just sitting. You know, traditional therapy, psychotherapy, is just talk and 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 never yeah. get anywhere. Right. I mean, really, you know, if you well, if you're traditional Freud. Yeah. then it's you don't go anywhere because you're just always working through and free associating and laying on the couch and talking for an hour three times a week at a thousand dollars right literally yeah. which hey i'd love to have <laughs> would like to do that that would be fantastic i'm all in um but you know it's it's about really 
contemporary psychology and the way I do, I shouldn't speak for my colleagues, but my contemporary way of practicing is solution focused, get people to have a generation of alternatives in their mind of what they've been doing, how to really give them more uh, options so they don't feel stuck. And then when that doesn't work, we find another one because there's never one, there's right. many. And what happens is, and this is full circle to what we're talking about today is what happens is many people get stuck because they think there's only one option. And then when you go, oh, that's where you get the aha moments when you say blah, blah, blah. And the person goes, oh, I never thought of it that way. Or I never thought to do that. Or I didn't think, I, oh, yeah, I could do, you know, or why didn't I think of that? Right. That's what, you know, good behavioral modification therapy pieces do is getting people, you don't have to look at all your inner dark demons and move them all over the place and have good cries and, you know, and blame your parents. Right. Or, you know, that's, that's not necessary. This is about identifying like, hey, I'm a really easygoing person or, hey, you know, I'm much more a slow to warm up person and I'm really stuck by being at home and how do I take that first step outside? Well, how about taking a drive in the next week between the time I've seen you today and the next time I see you next Wednesday, Lou? How about you just get in the car, drive every day 10 minutes because you haven't been doing that for a year? Like literally that's just, it's, it's just to start the process because behaviors are easier to do for people than the looking at why. And that's how these poor uh, behaviors accumulated. Right. So you just reverse the process. Exactly. Just start out with a, you know, a drive's a great idea. Right. Dr drive's a fun. Plus you see, oh, hey, there's life out here. There are people in that right. shop. There, there right. are people in that market. There are people walking the street. You know, right. People on the beach. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think that that's, um, yes. Well, I went right to the a couple of people in my head that also go the narrative the other way. Yeah. You know, they see people, they're like, this is crazy. Why are these people out here? Don't they know it's a pandemic? You know, because I hear all the ends. Yeah. Um, but by and large, what the behavior change does is it allows a person to feel accomplished, feel a sense of purpose. Then that gives them the next little oomph to go forward. Um, and, and this isn't going out and taking a two or three minute drive to the drive-through at some restaurant and coming back or just going and picking something up at the grocery store on the corner, which you've been doing all year coming back. This is like taking a drive on the highway and yep. going like 20 minutes and coming back and like, or driving to the beach, yep. sitting in your car, looking at, I have, I have people on my street, there's a pond and I see people sitting out in front of the pond in their cars, just looking at it at, at sunset. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. It's just about changing your environment to get out of the self isolation you know, the place where I go and take pictures of eagles, for instance, that place is loads up in the morning and loads up at night when the eagles come in. Everyone's either out and about yep. in big spaces taking pictures. And there's social connection there that wouldn't have normally happened. And these are, by and large, many of the people I see there, I've heard them talking about this is the only time they get out. This They're so socially isolated. Yep. And met a wonderful man, 80-something-year-old man the other day, Henry. Yeah. Um, and he was sitting in his car, and he rolled his window down, and he chatted with us, and he was having the best time. And and then he got out, and I was like, and he was like, I'm vaccinated, and he was so funny. And he <laughs> yeah. was very funny because his sister's an undertaker, and he was telling us all about how he's not going to end up in her in her hey. mortuary. Yeah. And but you could tell by his excitement that he hadn't gotten out and finally he had people that were willing to talk to him right and this was a big deal and that's and that's the kind of thing you could tell he'd been coming sitting watching the eagles and then all of a sudden he got some personal interaction and then everybody was talking so it's just little things like that that you wouldn't realize that hey that might be a catalyst to move you forward but if you don't give yourself the opportunity by providing yourself one yep because you've bought into the narrative of staying home is good but i'm so lonely but that's the perfect example because the guy took a ride Right. And then he got some social interaction out of it, got an immediate reward, and it helps reframe your viewpoint. Is like, okay, I can go out and interact with people, and not everybody's going to die. Right. You know. Right, and that's and and it's interesting. The people who I've met in my practice and then socially that, which is rare, but that have said like, if I go out, I'm going to die or something like that. Um, that narrative is so ingrained. And so bought into for them because they're, you know, inherently that way in other things. You can see it in their other patterns that right. this is just another add in to make their lives more difficult for themselves. Um, 
and reinforcing a lot of unhealthy patterns. And if you don't have awareness, or if you do, I think most people have awareness. I shouldn't say they don't. People have awareness, but then they go into denial about it because it's really hard to look at because it's, in their minds, hard to change. Yeah. Well, in certain aspects of my life and in, in the past, I've always been a worst-case scenario guy. I, right. I come up with a thousand scenarios and always focus on the worst one. You know, this is what's going to happen. I think I've told you in the past, I, I pre-do conversations with people. I know how this conversation is going to go. I don't have to have this conversation. I know how it's going to work out. Right. And usually I pick, usually I pick the thing, you know, my joke is I'll start picking up the phone when people start calling me with good news. You know, yes, that I type know. Of thing. We've had that conversation. Yeah. But, uh, you know, becoming aware of that and fighting it, I'm not that way anymore. I'm still that way in certain issues, but I'm less that way. Right. Yeah. You know? Right. And and so there's many people like that. So what makes it easier for you to not be fully bought into what your personality would predict you to do? Exactly what you're talking about, right. becoming aware of the thought process and being aware that I'm picking the worst case scenario. That's not, necessar that's not necessarily realistic. That's not necessarily the things that's going to happen. Right. So take a chance. And by the way, you, you get a little older and you start thinking, so what if it does happen? Right. You know? It's going to so, be okay. So your wisdom over time tells you that you can throw a little bit more caution to the wind because you don't care. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. In a way. Don't care is not the way I'd phrase it. You don't worry about it as much. Right. Right. You can deal with it. Right. So, and so, that's, so that's a difference. So you, but you actively, so there's where your easier part of you, your easier personality trait you went looking to help yourself fix yeah. that because you had identified that you were having something that was keeping you back. Yeah. You tend Many to get paralyzed by everything. Oh, what? You tend to get paralyzed by everything. Right. Because you focus on the worst case scenario. Well, and, and many people hold themselves back because they, the fear of going forward, we've had this many times, right? The fear of going forward, that unknown is way worse than just staying where you're at. So right. the devil that you know versus the devil that you don't, why bother going forward? Well, one, because it changes your whole brain chemistry. It makes you feel better. Um, in, in little in fits and starts, it might generate you to have something else happen. But getting over that fear of, well, what if I do that and something bad happens? Like you were just saying, you're always yeah. you know, going for that. What if, what if, what if? Well, but what if you don't and something bad happens? Yep. Yeah. And people don't think about it that way, that it's you could be doing nothing. Right. And so something bad could happen. So you have, you know, you, you have choices. There's the choice thing again. It comes down to choices. Are you being dictated how to make your choices by external factors? Are you weighing them in your head with what you know internally? Do you have wisdom? Do you seek out knowledge? Yep. You know, living very one-sided or very unidimensionally is very, very common in people who, right. you know, we're leaning towards the more disordered type of person when we talk like that, that someone who's more shut in, who has more physical problems, who has more mental issues going on, you know, emotional stuff, That's th that comes from that very unidimensional thought process that does not open up to say, what's realistic here, what's rational, what's reasonable, let's move that, because that's how you become healthy. But people are much more inclined to say, I'm going to stay with what I know, even if it's painful, because it's what I know. Yeah, but doing nothing never improves the situation. Well, can sometimes make it a lot worse, but, but it never improves the situation. But doing nothing never, doing nothing usually doesn't improve the situation, yeah. right? Um, and people will tell you that they're happy with where they're at, even though you can outside look in and go, that can't possibly be true. Um, and it's not that they're really happy, but they've convinced themselves that this is, this is what is. This is, you know, and there is nothing else. Don't tell. Well, it's easy for you. I get that a lot. It's easier for you because you do blah, blah, blah. Right. It's easier for you. No, that's, well, don't compare yourself to me <laughs> and do you because you are the one that's isolating at home. You're the one that's doing that. How do you not do that? If you're not going out and doing something, that's a choice you're making to stay home and self-isolate. Not because science has said it. There's no mandatory lockdowns. There's no things that say you can't go to the grocery store. Um, you know, um, I mean, I still have people that are getting groceries and keeping them in quarantine for two and three weeks and wiping them all down. Mm. Wow. And I yeah. have gone over the science with these people multiple times on that that is not necessary. 
and for their reasons they have this is what they do that I'm very concerned for them because this has really shaped a lot of their other behaviors that have happened in their home life and it's real struggle and they've had some deaths yeah. in the family they've had and they're and they're just so isolated and they're very much slow to warm up people it's funny how this has expanded this this used to be the domain of of people as they got older and right. isolating but it's this whole pandemic has expanded it to so many other people in different age groups you know dealing with it yeah and, I and see again it the older the people now. yeah older people get there over a period of time right and you know same thing with the people here it's just it's so it's so destructive but it seems safe and it seems the more you get into it the safer it seems right and, and interesting point because i would absolutely say you know older people tend to have you know that certain mindset i have little kids who have mostly because their parents have yeah. been part of this but i have little kids that are very fearful i have i i've had them all ages which i've never seen before around such fear-based a lot of irrational not all but a lot of irrational worries that are very externally driven that aren't fact-based that are yeah. not even science or not science-based they're just narratives that have been created around like keeping families together or families protected or all these things that are really doing damage and across the board yeah and there's been plenty of when you're in that situation you again confirmation bias you look for things that support your premise on it and there has been plenty of that stuff right if, if you want to pick on it and, and choose that you can you could cherry pick a dozen things a day right. that tell you you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that right right but, but when you isolate them it doesn't you don't understand their part in the bigger picture right 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 well and i think it comes down to if like we're just talking about the pandemic it goes back to what i said last year at right around this time when we were talking sort of jokingly about this when we didn't really know what was really coming down the pike right but it still comes down to wash your hands which you should have been doing anyway <laughs> <clears throat> for people that don't right yeah wash your hands you know, wear your mask now because that's what we're doing because it obviously is keeping you or other people from getting whatever if you're getting too close to them. And, I mean, just practice good hygiene. Don't be, I mean, I've seen less of the, you know, people that used to do the, I've told you how annoying it is, like the sneeze that, <laughs> sneezing apparently bothers me today, the sneeze <laughs> that flies across the room because they yeah. have chew. I don't see that anymore. Well, also because people are masked up. Yeah. Right. So maybe, yeah. maybe that's just my thing. But so it's just basic hygiene. If like if you can. This should have been part of your life anyway here in right. New England, because for the last several years, a flu episode in New England has been a month. Right. Right. And you're yes. down for a good 10 days least, and, and yeah. you're not right for a month. So right. you just you should have just been doing those precautions, you know. Right. Washing your hands and, you know not going nuts with doorknobs and things like that. I mean, I don't know. It's just being well, part of a New Englander, right? Exactly. And and I think that, um, you know, I've had this, this debate, and, it, and it's not really a debate. It's me just saying, because some people have said, oh, well, there's no flu anymore. I'm like, no, there's less flu right now because people are more hygienic. People are taking precautions. So the flu virus isn't spreading. One, it's not as big a spreader and as fast a spreader as coronavirus, and mm -hmm. we know that in science, but also... Everyone's doing this right hygienic thing, and everyone's not standing on top of each other. Here's the jokey part. Licking each other, essentially right. being so close that you're, like, changing spit in the air. And that's why flu is down, because you're not in proximity, and you're protected, and you're not touching things constantly. And I'll add to that. If you have the flu right now, yeah. I'm guessing you're not going to outpatient. You're not right. going to urgent care. You're not going to the doctor. You're, right. Yeah. And, well, and I've had a couple patients in my practice that have had the flu, um, a while back, mm -hmm. and they didn't go in, and they just called. They got and the doctor's like, "Yeah, you got the flu." Like, yeah. you know, and that's it. And there's no, and it's like, okay, that's yep. it. Um, and it's very, and it's been very different for them. But it's, it's more too that like how they pick it up. And every time I've heard someone that's gotten sick or has gotten COVID, which I've now in the past three months, I'm it's like I know tons of people who've had COVID. Sure. And it's like when you find out why. It's not because they went out in the world and just were safe. They were out in the world and or got exposed to someone who went out in the world and wasn't safe in terms of their hygiene. That's really what it comes down to. Right. And so it's the extroverts that ran amok. 
<laughs> their personality. You know, I mean, they, you know, they went and sat. I mean, I have one client who had a spouse that went and sat in a restaurant slash bar that was allowed to here in the state of Massachusetts for seven hours watching a game with all of his buddies, all in close proximity with no masks. Yeah. Well, no. there you go. They all yeah. got COVID. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and then and then they brought it home and all their families got it. Right. So it's not about the fact of like, oh, it's out there killing everyone. It's about you got to think rationally, reasonably, and realistically to think, okay, if you're out there and you're being extroverted, you better be safe because you'd have to do that with the flu or not because you could get the flu. But people weren't afraid of the flu killing them, even though people were dying of it and do die of it. But it's yep. just, it's the same thing. Keep good hygiene. I mean, it's a really basic concept here is that if you stay in good hygiene, you stay in good for yourself. If you have comorbidities, you, I have asthma, yeah. you know, if you have diabetes, heart disease, uh, lupus, um, Crohn's, any, you know, or whatever, you you still, ha you still have to function. Yeah. I'm not going to go as far as saying you have to look for it at this point, but you have to flaunt it. Yes. At this point. I mean, if you're doing the procedures that are generally accepted... Chances are you're going to be okay. You go to a bar and watch a football game, right? Or you know, a couple of games on Sunday with right. with a hundred guys with no masks, you know. Right. You know, exactly. I'm not going to say you're asking for it, but you well, kind of asking for it. You're putting yourself at risk yeah. because you're 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 not doing. If you're sitting at a table with four or five people and you've got another table that's ten feet away, and you're still with the same people, you're less likely than if you're sitting, like I was telling the story, with people that are just hanging out, lots of people, you know, yeah. like in Florida. <laughs> Well, like in Florida, you yeah. know, Florida's Florida's getting ready to rev up, and they're all worried about it because everyone's like, "Oh, Florida's open." Yep. And I told you that last year. I was like, "Okay," when the the waitress said to me, "Oh, we don't wear those here." Yeah. Oh, honey, we don't wear those here. And I said, "Oh, honey, we I do. <laughs> well, I do, and I don't sit inside with all of this because it's just you know." Yeah, and I'm not maniacal about this, but I'm not sure I'm going to a beach in Florida. Or, you know, go and well, sit at yeah, a bar in Florida. sitting next to someone, like, right on top of me going, hey. Yeah. It's just, it's not smart even though, right and I, and yeah. even though I'm vaccinated. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to be doing that. But that doesn't mean I'm staying home either. Exactly. Yeah. So it's so it's, here's the moderation piece is, yeah. like, um, so for regardless, so every personality that you could have, you know, whether you're, e you know, the traits, easygoing, slow to warm up or difficult, it's not about, you have to take and look at who you are in that range and go, I can still be out in the world in moderation as long, and it really comes down to take your basic precautions so you can live your life. That doesn't mean you're going to run amok. And, and I assure you being out in the world as you are, Lou, no one is out there by and large, at least here that I've seen around us in Massachusetts, running amok. No. People are very mindful, sometimes very, very mindful to the point of over the top. Some yeah. people... It's very, chances very, are, if you aren't, you're going to run into those people. You, exactly. Yeah. And so you don't, you know, so there's a, like, there's a sort of a policing gap stop for mm -hmm. that. And then there's, you know, it's very rare that I see people that are on the side of throwing caution to the wind and they don't care. I mean, I've seen maybe a couple people without a mask on for here and there. Like, it's always rare. Like, in the gym, I'll see someone come in without a mask on. And I always ask, being medical, I always ask front desk and like, they have a medical condition. I don't want to know if they have what it is, but they're yeah. like, yeah, they do. So because I'm not, I'm, you know, in my mind, I'm like, medical condition is one thing, but if you're being flagrant and being a jerk, yep. there's a difference. So, but I don't see anyone being flagrant these days. I say that now today I'm going to run into 14 <laughs> people at the grocery store. No, honestly, I haven't seen, I haven't yeah. seen too much of that. Yeah, and, no, I had it. There's a lot recent. of complaining. There's a lot of talk, and you know, I'm I'm a semi-complainer as well. But by the same token, again, path of least resistance. Oh my resistance. god, that was such good awareness. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> you know, I people talk about them. For example, one of the restaurants that uh, we go to in Newburyport has the little. I think it's extra. I haven't run into it everywhere else where you have to keep your mask on until they bring you the drinks. Oh. So that first interaction with the waitress, you know, what do you want to drink? You keep your mask on, and when the drinks are up, then you can take your mask off. And I kind of roll my eyes and go, what the hell is that? What's the point of that? Right, yeah. What's the point of that? I don't get it. So after you've taken the drink, then you don't have to put it back on? Right, yeah. Oh. Keep, keep your mask on until you get your drink, till the drinks come to your table. That's weird. Yeah. I it, wouldn't go there. Why? I mean, it, well, see, <laughs> that's not the reaction. <laughs> like I said, I, that would get you going. I kind of roll my eyes and say, well, okay, I mean, you know. I'll do it. Well, as long as they don't it's have to put it back me on in much. between sips. No, no, no. Okay. Though so this is 
Oh, this is a whole other show. I won't get there. This is like last year when I was in Florida in March. And all day long at the pool, I won't say the hotel, but <clears throat> a nice high-end hotel all the yep. day long. You could go up to the bar, the, you know, and do the whole thing and order food and have drinks. And they were serving and all that. And at 5 o'clock, it remained open. But you weren't allowed to come to the bar. Because, and that was the running joke at the time, even though, you know, I'm not making light of this, but everyone's like, does COVID change at five o'clock? So like you had to have a mask at five, but before you're okay. It was, it, so it's like, yeah. the, like what you're just saying, it's like, you have to have the mask on, but once you have the sip of the drink, now it's okay. It's so random. It really is. <laughs> See, these are the things where I'm like, oh, that doesn't make sense. Because my but, science brain goes on and goes, wait a second, that doesn't make sense. But I went through the process of the, and this is, by the way, the owner telling us. By the way, it's a small, it's a diner type of restaurant, but uh, which we love. But I'm get, my first guess was, okay, that's going to be some kind of regulation. They're they're sticking to a regulation that's there. He didn't make that up, you know. Well, there was a regulation a while ago that was. Remember when we went down until semi lockdown in restaurants again? That they backed up the capacity, yep. um, and said that when you go to s sit, you ha have to wear your mask until you're served food, and then while you're eating. You can, and they and they said it. They could pull it down, eat, pull it back up. Um, I have never seen that actually, other no. than on an airplane. I've never seen that go into effect. And then when they popped us back into opening up every restaurant to go back to eleven p.m. Yep. or beyond, because some restaurants are now open back to like their twelve and one. Um, I no. haven't seen any of that in terms of the mask issue. I think that mandate's actually still out there on the books right now. But but, but my thought process is I could I could bitch about that but what's it gain me right oh no I, I could get upset at the owner but it's probably a procedure that he's been told to do and then it goes back to the state and as soon as it gets back to the state i go okay you know you know can't deal with that so oh, oh you can't get mad at it because it's just what it well, is. This is so this is interesting and and we are running short on time now but this this goes back to how you'll handle that kind of restriction rule guideline is based on your personality yeah are you more easygoing like you just said, well, I'll just go with it because whatever. Yeah, you and roll your I, eyes and then you get on with the rest I'm of your life. Not easy going in this case because I was like, <laughs> I wouldn't go there. <laughs> well, that's okay. Yeah, it's an inconvenience for me. Um, so maybe I'm difficult, and I thought I was easy going, and then we have a whole complicated mess. But I wouldn't do what you described, where you go into the restaurant and you get a lower your mask to take a bite. I would. Oh, I wouldn't do that. Either. I wouldn't do that either. No. No. It's There's ridiculous. a restaurant that I love, and they're still they're doing that. And I called to find out. I'm like, are you guys still doing that? And they're like, oh, yes, we are. I'm like, okay, I'll yeah, no. see you when you guys aren't doing that. Yeah. I didn't say that. I was like, okay, thank you. Yeah. But, yeah, I wouldn't do that. Because it is not because I don't. It's just it It doesn't make the dining experience uh, present. Right. So yeah. I just don't want to do that. If I'm on a plane, it's fine. Because yeah. it's a means to an end and I'm getting somewhere that I want to go. But that's, you know, hey, it's talking about personalities. And what do we tolerate? What do we not tolerate? Yep. What is our awareness? But we know that about ourselves and, therefore... You know, but if you if you've been in the house for this whole pandemic, yes, take a drive. Yeah, go, go out and watch a sunset. Yeah, you know, take a drive, or, take a walk, or go downtown, take a walk, and say hi to somebody. You know, you don't have to oh, have a big long. Really, oh, no, pushing the limits. No, while you're walking past them, you don't even have to stop or anything. Just, you know, no one's gonna drop dead if you guys stay, say hi to each other. Two people with masks on the so street. So I, very briefly here, I'll play devil's advocate because I have several patients that just rushed into my head and, and some friends that mm -hmm. would be like, if you're not going one way and you pass, you can't pass because it will, it will pass. Yeah. And I'm like, that is not how this works. Yeah. That is not how this works. So, but you know, there's a lot of, this is not how this works. <laughs> I know. That's a whole nother show. We have lots of shows. We yes. Be. By the way, happy yeah. anniversary to me and us for... Oh. We oh, this is a year. Well, we passed our year mark. I think we. I think we're right now. This may be episode fifty-five. Yeah, I think you're right. And so, well, happy birthday anniversary to the one year of <laughs> your been daily a fun game year. face. Yeah, and it's gone very, very well. And it was brought to my attention actually by a couple of listeners last week, and they said, "Happy anniversary!" That's to easy to gauge with you because you always show up. If we've done fifty-five shows, it's been fifty-five weeks in a row. Yeah, yeah. I, and I haven't missed one. No, nope. knock on wood. Nope. Oh, I'm going to jinx myself. Um, <laughs> anyway, so next week, 
Calvin Evans. Calvin, if you're listening now in Colorado, which is where he'll be calling in from, if you're listening now, which he probably isn't because he was doing training, um, you better show up next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but he will. Um, so Calvin Evans from the Human Baton will be here to talk to us about his very cool projects. The way we do it in the business is Calvin Evans is scheduled for next yes. week's show. Calvin Ed- Evans <laughs> is scheduled yet again yeah. um, to come in. But we will be talking about his... Um, part of being a baton in training for the human baton and his very extraordinary career as being a veteran in the U.S. services and all of his um, involvement in doing things for veterans and his projects and his sanctuaries for people to go and do retreats and build, you know, self-esteem and uh, his work with horses and therapy. I mean, he's just great. So um, it's all about health and wellness and motivating and how he does youth work and so on and so forth. So it's right up my alley. (laughs) So he will be here to talk about that. But in the meantime, you guys all have a great week and have good self-awareness. That's right. 